our text verse. He said, He that believeth on the Son have everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. This is the sad part. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. You think about that. If you're in this building lost, you're one heartbeat from hell. The wrath of God will abide. He is a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. I could also entitle this, Have You Believed Unto Salvation? The reason for this sermon is that there are many who say they believe and are dependent on that belief to escape hell and carry them into heaven when they die. But they do not believe according to the scriptures. Therefore, they've been deceived. If I believe not according to the scriptures, the devil has deceived me. So, this morning we want to spend a few minutes to ask that question for ourselves. You know, in 2 Corinthians 13.5, I really, really like this scripture. You know, we sometimes spend a lot of time judging people. But 2 Corinthians 13 and the 5th verse, notice what God says. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be a reprobate? I mean, you probably don't ask as many people as I have being pastor and, and they'll tell me I go to such and such a church but I really appreciate you inviting me. I said, well, could I ask you one more question and then I'll leave you alone. Are you a child of the king? And they said, well, you know, I'm doing the best I can. In my mind, they're lost. If they really believe that all you got to do to be saved is to do the best you can. They're cutting the Savior short because when Jesus enters into my body, I've got the most powerful influence in this universe. Now is the time to examine why we are mentally able to do so. While there is a long-suffering God, a preacher of righteousness, a striving spirit, and an open door. 
all of which enables you and I to seek the Lord and be saved by exercising saving faith. So I want to show you a couple of examples in the Bible where, I, where it says they believed, but they were not saved. It says they believed, but they were not saved, as the Bible brings out. So let's turn to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 23. Now when he saw in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Now let's read in that verse. You say, well, they believe. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man for he knew what was in man. These people believed, but God knew it wasn't real. Have you ever read that verse and really ponder it? What God is saying? I mean, you know, when you question, and I never try to question somebody's belief, but when you put a little emphasis upon that verse, people are getting mad and, are you saying I'm not saved? No, ma'am, no, sir. But I'm telling whether it's you or me, If God does to them, if he did that to me, he's telling me I'm not saved. I've got a head knowledge. Brother Ross Raines taught me early, years ago. Most people are going to miss heaven about 18 inches. They've got it up there. Don't have it here. How do you know? Well, I think God gives us many things that we can know whether we really are saved or not. You know, he tells us in verse 24 of John 2, you know, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. Not only did Jesus know them, he knows me. And he knows you. I think it's something to at least consider. I mean, when you get my age and you got a a number of health issues, and I thank God, as I told my heart doctor, I have nothing to complain about. I'm here simply because God hasn't chose my number yet. That's the only reason I'm here. He led me to you. He led me to this facility. I thank God for all of that. But I'm living today the same way you're living today, not but 
because of what you do, but because of who you know. And if it's your time, you can be perfectly healthy and God will take you out of here. Brother Steve was telling me about some people, young men, I mean, you know, 30, 40 years old, when you leave this earth, you're still young, still in your prime. Still in the book of John, let's go over to chapter 8. 8, verse 30. Notice what God says. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Notice verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. But ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You can believe with the head and burst hell's right straight open. Jesus said to me, it's clear. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. What kind of belief do you have? Do you have a, a head belief or do you have a heart belief? Why are so many marriages don't last? They married for the wrong reason. And if you don't marry for the right reason, and we know there are exceptions in all of this, except with God. But Jesus, (coughs) you know, Let's let's put them in the baptistry, in the choir, in Sunday school, in teaching position, and call them to pastor the church. I mean, if you want to really find out that what your pastor is saying is true, there's so many preaching places on TV, and I'll be honest with you, I don't waste my time with hardly any of them. They preach error after error, and I hear people say, Brother Vance, have you heard Brother so-and-so? I mean, I tell you, next to you, you know, kind of just some brownie points, next to you, he's probably the best preacher I've ever heard. He didn't say nothing. He doesn't believe nothing. And we, as Christians, are to know that's believing in the head. I mean, the devils believed. They tremble. When's the last time you've seen anybody tremble from the thought of going to hell in a Baptist church? We need to be serious about our salvation. We need to be serious about what we believe, you know. We need to continue in the word. That's what Christ tells us. If we need to continue in the word of God, if we are serious. He tells us in John 8, you know, in verse 31 and 32, 
as we read. Jesus said to those Jews which believe, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples. What does that mean? It means that we continue in the growth pattern that God has chose for us. And you can study on outside the church. You can take classes, and I encourage you to if you've got time. But if you know that you're saved, and you know God puts you here at Amron Road Baptist Church, he's going to teach you what you need to know right here. That's no bragging. It's just facts. And I believe if you was here Wednesday night, I brought it out very clear. Gave scripture for everything I brought out. We're talking about eternity. Parents, their kids join something as long as they join something. Some of the young kids that was in Grace Baptist Church in Georgetown when I was there, when I was called to preach, sat under Brother Al Gormley, sat under Brother Bill DeRossett, and they've hopped from this church to that church to that church to a singing drama. You know what they'll do? They'll cause you to go to hell feeling good. If you believe the word of God, the word of God will change you. It will change you. You don't have to worry about changing. The word of God will change you. The condition continue in his word. Continue means to abide, to not depart. Or basically means do what you know to do at the time or step in what light you have. I mean, I've been at weddings the last few months. People I know, people I love, I've participated in two of them. You know, and so put thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in a wedding, and some of them only last six months if they're lucky. It's what I've always dreamed of to have this beautiful wedding. One saved, one lost. Huh? Come on now. One drinks, the other one doesn't. One cusses and the other one doesn't. You think that's a unit? You think God's going to bless that? Well, I don't know what you think, but I'm telling you, he won't. Oh, he may bless it for a while. You'll see hoping and praying mom and dad, grandparents, uncles, people that love the young people, they're praying that they'll get their act together. And that's good because the prayers of God's people, it makes a difference. The condition continue in his word. Continue means to abide, do not depart. 
Basically, it means do what you know to do. It implies obedience. Obedience to what the Lord quickens or speak to you. Matter of fact, uh, you know, two young people. The girl was 19, the boy was 23, and the boy drinks, the girl doesn't, and they asked me if I would marry him, and I said no. They found somebody else. But they called me this week, and they said, I just want you to know that our marriage is doing good. I said, how's the drinking problem? Oh, we compromised. He said he would only drink at home. So it's all right if you drink at home. It's all right if you puff a little drugs at home. It's all right if mom and dad agrees with you. You know why I preach so hard on it? Because that's the future of our church. That's the futures of Baptist churches. God said in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I've been in this long enough to know that you can sit there and look at me straight in the eye and never take your eye off of me and never hear a word I say. Where do you think the kids learn to that? Ephesians 2 8, which we all know, said, For by grace I we say through faith, not yourselves is the gift of God. Have you ever prayed, even us adults, have you ever prayed, God, give me more grace? I think everyone ought to pray at prayer at least once a week. Lord, give me grace. Because it takes the grace of God for a Christian to live a Christian life in this world. At what point you can exercise saving faith and have the reality of the promise? To be his disciple indeed and to be set free from your bondage of sin, be saved. Why would, why would any couple think they can compromise on sin and God's going to bless that relationship. But we look at John chapter 8. You know, these Jews in John 8, they refused to do what the Lord said, and their outcome we find in John 8, verse 44. He said, ye are of your fathers the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was murdered from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. When you get that smooth, warm, cozy feeling that what you're doing 
you're doing good and you're waiting for somebody to praise you for it. Would you like an example? It happened. Happened yesterday. A couple that I know real well. And and some of you who think I've quit preaching and start nosing, you just turn off the ears. This won't take but a minute. This little girl was I've known all of my life, you know. She's then got a habit of wearing dresses and skirts that are way, way too short. And I told her one time, I said, you know, if I was your husband, I'd probably be upset if you dress like that and go out in public. So she made a point. She seen me yesterday, and she came up to me, and she said, I don't wear those short skirts and dresses no more. I said, great. What do you got on now, honey? Did you forget to put anything on your bottom? You know, what's your head? And I know all you ladies like him, and I'm, I'm getting in deep trouble, but I stay there. I'm happy there. Had on a pair of tights, you know, little stressy tights. You don't have to wonder, buddy. It's there. I said, why in the world would you do that? Well, you said I should wear a short skirt. No, I, I didn't say. I didn't say that you feel comfortable in it, you know, that your husband, you know. Uh, I love my wife, and I didn't want her going out in public showing everything she had. That was for me and her. Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm preaching. All you got to do is dress and look in front of the mirror and say, God, is this acceptable? Is this modest? And you can continue to dress the way you want and you will, and I won't ever say anything. But I will say this, in the bride you will not be. Thus they were not saved because they did not exercise saving faith, even through the Bible said they believed. Their believing could be only in their head, which is what men preach today. We must believe with the heart and not just the head. If I love my wife, I will be faithful when she is gone somewhere with somebody and I'm by myself. Brenda's out of town, right? Oh, man. Take advantage of it, brother. That's what people say today. The old man is out of town. Me and my girlfriend are going to go have some fun. You got a love problem. And it's not a love problem between, you got a love problem between you and God. Interesting to note throughout the Bible, our text included saving faith is dealt with. The word used believe, which ends in the suffix eth, which denotes a continuous, habitual, 
lifestyle of believing. But, and if ye should live that long, there will never be a time when he ceases to believe because he has not or she has not accepted the truth. You talk to as many people as I talk to and what you will find, I believe what I believe. I know what I believe. I've always believed it. I love you and respect you, but you ain't going to change me. And I say amen. Because if I could change anybody in this building, what you do or how you do it, somebody else could change you back. But when God changes you, Thus, they were not saved because they did not exercise saving faith even through the Bible said they believed. Their belief could be only in their heads. That's why that there are divorces of couples that's been married 30, 40, and 50 years. It's interesting to me to note that throughout the Bible, our text included saving faith is dealt with. And the word used is belief. Belief. Believe with E-T-H, which ends in a suffix, which denotes continuous. The way I felt about the Lord, the way I felt about the word of God 50-some years ago, if I'm truly saved, I ought to feel the same now. But why? The Bible didn't change, Brother Hampton. It didn't change. I read the word of God when I was first saved because I had a pastor that said, Brother, if you want to stay in the faith, read it. And the Bible is hard to read when you're first saved. That's why we said, start with John. Start with John. If you've never read the Bible all the way through, start with John, then go to the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, read that, then you go anywhere you want to. But you've got to get the basics. And the basics is not what you believe, it's what the Word of God teaches. Notice what Jesus said in Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Take the 15th verse in Mark 1 and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I haven't, talk, haven't talked to a preacher in the last couple of months that don't agree with me that the Lord is on his way. The time is at hand. It may be another 10 years. It may be 10 minutes. But, you know, things are all falling. There's just a few things that's got to happen. So there's a very few. You know, uh, I've got a brother who I love, and he just he calls me every once in a while. He gets some news, and he said, Brother, brother, I had to call you. I just heard this on one of these news channels that I don't get. Cause he said, that happened, you know, the Lord may come today. No, he's not going to come today unless 
what he said must take place happens. And it can happen in the blink of an eye. But God is not, he is a God of accuracy. He's a God of accuracy. You know, and we got, who is the secretary of state? Blinken, Lincoln, not hit. He don't know nothing, whatever his name is. But he got on news and said, we are pushing the enemy too far. Why, have you ran out of bombs? You know what God said? Do you believe that Jesus one time, you know, opened up the earth and thousands, men, women, children, and animals, and then he closed it. That wasn't the U.S. Army. That wasn't NATO. It was God. God said in Mark 1.15, you know, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent. Have a change of mind about the way you feel about situations in this world. If I really believe the Lord's coming back, do I believe he could come today? Yes. He can do what he wants to. He's God. But please but give me a little leverage. God is not going against anything he said in this Bible. Now you can do what you want, believe what you want, but he is not going to let anything happen without following his timetable. So it behooves us that we would know what his timetable is, what must take place. Well, the only thing I know, Pastor, I just wish God to save my children. Have you told them how to be saved? Oh, no, they won't listen to me. How do you, how you know? Well, oh, I can tell you why. You don't want to break up that beautiful relationship you've got. What? So I ask again, have you exercised saving faith? If you have, our text says that he have everlasting life. Now what you do after you believe determines what you will see at the judgment seat. We all, every one of us that's saved, going to stand before God at the judgment seat and God's going to flash our life right before us. Now, if you believe what I just said, and I hope you do, because that's Bible. Do you think everybody's going to have the same rewards when you get to heaven? Good friend of mine, he's got a habit when somebody tells him something that he knows that can't be true. He said, they just think I'm stupid. 
Well, you've got to be stupid if you think that God's going to change his words so that we can go to heaven. He's not going to do it. We're going to stand before God and our life is going to flash before us. We're going to see the opportunities that we had and didn't take advantage. We'd want to recall the gossip that we talked about our brother, our sister, our family, our preacher, whoever. So I ask you again, have you got saving faith? If you have our text says you have everlasting life, our text also states plainly that if you have not ever exercised saving faith, you will not see life. It doesn't say if you don't join a church, if you don't be baptized, if you don't give up this, give up that. It doesn't say that. It said, have you exercised saving faith? Do you believe that Jesus died for you, was buried for you, arose for you, and he now, in the form of the Holy Spirit, lives in you? You know the difference between a saved person and a lost person when it comes to sinning? The saved person just can't get the full enjoyment. He knows there's something that's not right. But I see professing saved people drinking as a way of life, using drugs as a way of life. The husband goes out on the wife and the wife goes out on the husband and they told me, right flat to my face, I know it's wrong, but our marriage has never been better. You don't have a marriage, you've got a relationship. You hear me? There's a difference between a marriage and a relationship. God puts the marriage together, we put the relationship together. So, when we look at John 16, 8, It said, when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So as we really get prepared to close, how would you stand if God came today? What about the sin life? What about your righteousness? What do you think about judgment? Uh, you know. I told a friend of mine yesterday, he was talking about my wife, I said, well, they uh, set her tombstone here a couple weeks ago. He said, that story is a waste, though, isn't it? I said, yeah. That tombstone didn't bring my wife back, but it's sure what I did for her, I did because I loved her. And I still love her. When I was saved, I fell in love with Jesus. Fifty-some years later, I still love her. The only difference is my wife is in glory waiting for me. Well, 
I don't want to upset anybody, but we won't be married in heaven. I know it saddens a lot of people, but uh, no, and, and you won't be sitting by a pond cannon with grandma. I mean, all that sounds good. Well, why don't other preachers preach that? Well, because they're smarter than I am and they don't want to cause trouble in the church. I'll let you get mad at me as long as I'm preaching truth. You don't compromise with what you love. God will, if they're his, they will use your uncompromised stand to bring them close. It may be after you're gone. So as we prepare to close here, we end up with a couple more verses maybe. But Matthew chapter 7. We'll probably end out on this one. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. I'd like for you to read that with me. If you know it, that's fine too. But uh, Christ is uh, coming and you know, he said in John sixteen eight, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have ye not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Then the sad part. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Not that you was lost and you, not that you were saved and got lost. I never knew you. Ye that work iniquity. Lost people can be the best servants you ever had. You know why? They're working to get to heaven. And us old saved by grace people, well, you know, I'm saved. God saved me by grace. I don't have to do anything. But what they forget is that when God saves you, he changes your attitude. He changes your motive. You know, I've, God has blessed me about everywhere I've lived with some of the best neighbors. They knew I was sick. They'd bring me soup or sandwich or something. A couple times this year, I was really feeling bad, and they knew it, and they came over and mowed my yard. I mean, I, I love them, and they love me. And, but then I uh, told them about Jesus. They're still, still nice, but they don't mow my yard no more, and they don't bring me soup no more. The hello, Brother Vance, changed to Do you think I take it personal? Absolutely not. I would take it personal 
if there was no difference. If a lost person don't see any difference in me, my all is empty. Got to put some more all. All is the Holy Spirit. Then you'll look for opportunities. I'll finish with this statement.